Today's Bible reading is from Mark chapter 15, verses 22 to 39. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days? Come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lemer Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Similar to the story of Jesus' birth, many of us are familiar with the story of Jesus' crucifixion and death at Calvary on what we know as Good Friday. At first it seems strange to refer to this day as good though, doesn't it? I mean, how on earth could a day when an innocent man, let alone the sinless son of God, brutally be put to death be called good? Let's be clear on one thing. What happened on Good Friday was not good for Jesus. Think about what happened to him. He was betrayed and denied by two of his closest friends. He was falsely accused on trumped up charges. He was publicly tortured and humiliated. He was nailed to a wooden cross by Roman soldiers. He embodied the sinfulness of all humanity, past, present, and future. He was separated from his father. He died. Can you think of a worse day? Without question, this was the absolute worst day of Jesus' life. It's what happened to us, those who placed their faith and trust in Jesus, that was good. You see, it's a good day for us because it's a day when an enormous debt got settled. In recent days, due to the rapid spread of COVID-19, we have seen our government generously and necessarily inject $196 billion to help the economy survive during this unprecedented pandemic. I can't get my head around that amount of money except to acknowledge that it's an absolute truckload and as commentators have been saying, we'll take generations to repay. 
I read in the Herald last week that by 2021, Australia will have a national debt bill of $1.5 trillion. Again, mind-blowing figures. Aussies are no debt are strangers to debt. Over 70% of Australians have a credit card. The average balance of a credit card is $3,271. The average mortgage size in Australia is $408,000. In fact, Australians have the world's second largest amount of household debt. When you have a debt of any kind, you know about it. It's there. It hangs around you like the scent of a perfume. You can't escape it. And many of us spend a good amount of, if not most of our working lives, earning to repay our debts. Of course, there are the obvious financial debts that we are familiar with, but there are other debts. You might owe your lecturer a paper by a due date. Maybe you owe something to someone, perhaps they lent to you and it broke or you misplaced it. We can all agree, though, that it's a great feeling when we can settle our debts. I suspect a number of you watching will know what it's like to pay off your household mortgage. I'm sure that is an incredible feeling of accomplishment, relief and freedom. Whilst we can eventually pay off financial or other kinds of debts, there is a debt we owe to God and it's a debt we can never pay back. And that debt is our life. As the creator of our lives, God is like our ultimate creditor. The Bible explains there will come a day when we will all give an account for how we have lived our lives. And in this sense, we will stand before God as judge. When such a time comes for all of us, and we are all in the presence of an almighty, all-powerful and holy, righteous God, it will quickly become evident how unholy and unrighteous we are. We all, every person has sinned. That means we have rebelled against God. We've rejected and neglected his ways in preference of our own. No one is exempt from doing this, not one. Sin is like a virus which has infected the entire human race. No one is immune. No amount of hand-washing, social distancing, or self-isolation will save us from the virus of sin. You see, the Bible explains that sin separates us from God and that the ultimate destination of sin is death and total separation from God. The only way to be made right in God's eyes is to have lived a perfect, sinless life that sought to follow God's will and ways. Sadly, this means we all face judgment and a destiny of death and separation from God. That is, unless someone pays the debt for us. And only a person could pay such a debt who was perfect themselves and lived a life that perfectly sought to follow God's will and ways. Such a person exists. This is the very reason that Easter exists. Just imagine if you were found guilty for committing a terrible crime and subsequently you were sentenced to court to face judgment. The evidence is given, leaving both the judge and jury convinced of your guilt. The judge's gavel goes down and you are fined a million dollars, but you simply don't have the money to pay. Consequently, you stand to face numerous years in prison. Just as the guards come to take you away, the judge himself removes his wig and robe, steps down from the bench, takes out his checkbook and writes a check on your behalf for $1 million. The price has been paid. You are guilty of the crime, but your debt has been paid by someone else. You are now free to go. It seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Totally unlikely to ever happen. 
Now, I know this is an illustration that many of us have heard before, but it's a helpful one, isn't it? Because it demonstrates how God navigates both his justice and his love. The reality is we are guilty of rebelling against God, and yet God in his great mercy sent his son to pay the price of our guilt on our behalf. At Calvary, Jesus was settling our debt of sin. He was securing our salvation. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to pay a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. Jesus, whose name means Messiah or Savior, came to bail us out. Jesus purchased our salvation through his death. Have a listen to these verses of Scripture. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 1 Peter 3, 18 reads, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was putting to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Now, I don't understand how it happened. None of us do. It's a mystery. But the Bible says that Jesus became sin. He wasn't sinful. He never sinned. But he embodied the sin of humanity, past, present, and future. And in exchange, we receive his righteousness. We read this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. It's an offer too good to be true, which is exactly why it's called the gospel, meaning good news. This is good news. This is the best news ever. And this news is for everyone because... Everyone needs salvation. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need saving because we all owe God, and the debt we owe God is our very lives. Salvation is a gift. Romans 3.24 says, And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot pay for it. It is pure and simple a gift jesus died for our salvation romans 5 8 but god demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us jesus died for us when we were against him we were spiritually dead in our sins unable to rescue ourselves the bible clearly teaches that god saves all who call on his name Romans 10.13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We can't save ourselves. We need God's help. Jesus traded his life for yours and mine. He paid our sin debt in full on the cross. Hallelujah. We, however, need to appropriate this by calling on the name of the Lord, believing in our hearts and confessing with our lips that Jesus is Lord. Today, I implore you, if you have not already done so, to call on the name of the Lord and receive the gift of salvation on offer. The Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, 13 to 15 says, When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He, gave you, he forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the debt of 
charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. There's so much we receive when we place our trust in Jesus. We receive forgiveness, a new life, a fresh start, empowerment to live, eternal life, a sense of belonging with the family of God, purpose and acceptance. Friends, that is why today is called Good Friday. Because of what happened on the cross, we no longer have to face the grim prospect of standing condemned before the judgment seat of God. We can live free and stand as those who have been forgiven, carrying with us the credit of the cross. Praise you, Lord, for this holy day and all that it means and represents. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus for what he has done for you. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus took upon himself all of your sin, past, present, and future. As we read earlier, he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become his righteousness. Jesus not only took our sin upon himself, but he exchanged it for his righteousness. We can now stand before a holy God without fear of judgment or condemnation because when God looks at us, he sees only the righteousness of Christ. What marvelous news this is. Let us receive the righteousness of Christ by placing our faith and trust in Him, by calling upon His name as Lord and Savior. If you have some bread and juice prepared, I invite you to have it ready. In Matthew 26, 26 to 29, we read about the Last Supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then He took a cup And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it in you in my Father's kingdom. This bread represents the broken body of Jesus given for you. Take and eat with thankfulness. This cup represents the blood of Jesus' blood poured out for the forgiveness of many. That includes you. Drink in faith and thankfulness. Let's pray. Almighty God, on this holy day, Good Friday, We come and we humbly give you thanks and praise for sending your son Jesus to become sin on our behalf, to pay the debt that we could never pay that we owed so that we could become his righteousness, so that when you look at us, you see the righteousness of Jesus. We are so grateful for this. And we thank you, God, for sending Jesus, your son. Jesus, we thank you for 
everything that you went through on this day, the absolute worst day of your life, to secure our salvation, forgiveness of sins, and relationship that is restored with Heavenly Father. We give you thanks and praise. We bless your holy name. Amen.